Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here here to preview the Wisconsin football contest with Kent State coming up on Saturday morning. And then we're going to get into some college football landscape talk uh, in the middle of the show. And then we're going to wrap things up with some college basketball talk because Matt was down at uh, Big Ten Media Days in Chicago today. Uh, got some good stuff and we're going to hopefully get uh, his interview with Demetric Trice in the uh, show at the end. Action-packed show for you guys uh, on this. You guys will be listening to it on Thursday or Friday, so plenty of stuff as we get into October and November uh, where both football and basketball are soon going to be in full swing. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, you know, it's been a busy day, kind of a lot of rush hour at the end getting out of there, but at the same time, uh, I'm here and ready to roll. Yeah, I remember when I was down there for that football one, it was it was insane trying to get out of there. It got done right at five o'clock and it was it was a mad zone for people trying to get back in time. But uh, it's nice that it was only one day, right? Just today. Yeah, it's a little smaller. Uh, just today. No, they only cut out the uh, whole thing tomorrow. So just today, uh, it was nice to be able to catch up with some of the players and kind of see you know, everything that was going on and uh, the whole spectacle. Yeah, just the one day. Perfect, perfect. Well, we'll dive into that a little bit later in the show, and we'll, we'll go over some basketball stuff. But for right now, we're going to dive into the uh, Kent State preview. And obviously, Kent State, 2-2 two and two on the season. They're, they're not projected to have a great year uh, in the grand scheme of things, but they've still won two games, and they've had some moderate success, but they've also had some, some tough opponents. Uh, I know they got crushed by Auburn early in the season. Uh, Matt, any any initial thoughts uh, on the golden flashes for this upcoming game? You know, I jumping off what you were saying, Kent State has had some ups and downs. You know, they dropped 62 two weeks ago on Bowling Green before their bye week. But then, you know, absolutely got murdered by Auburn. Auburn put up an absurd amount of yards. I think it was like 633 yards of total offense and 460 some odd yards on the ground. So Wisconsin's offense, if they were ever needing a game to, you know, possibly get back on track, this could be it. Um, But it'll be interesting to see Sean Lewis back in town. You know, he used to be a Badger, played back in the early 2000s, actually was in the same tight end room as Mickey Turner. So those two kind of go, go way back. Um, you know, and, but he worked over at Syracuse and now kind of is running his own program and trying to get them, you know, last year they won, they won only two games. This year they've already kind of matched that. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do in the MAC. Yeah, I think they've got that program at least in the right direction. I know there's the, the MAC conference as a whole is having a rough year um, and they, they kind of projected to have a, a really down season for the conference uh, across the board. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they project uh, the rest of the season. But for the Badgers in this one, kind of kind of a tough spot in, in regards that it's kind of just a sandwich game. I mean, you know, with Central Michigan, it was at least the home opener, so there's some excitement in that. But they've been in the in kind of the Big Ten grind the last two weeks, and and now you get a, a non-conference, not a home opener, not a lot of excitement game. You should you should expect to win this game pretty handily. So how do the Badgers get ready, come out motivated, and avoid another sloppy week where, you know, you, you get up, you're ready, and you just handle your business? How do they how do they go about doing that this week? 
I, th- I think the big thing is if they would have had a really good l- game last week against Northwestern and it, they had been really crisp on offense and in special teams, it would have been a lot harder actually to get up for this game. But because the offense and the special teams had their moments of extreme struggle at times, I think it'll be it'll be nice for those the two thirds of your core three different types of the team to kind of really hone in on trying to f- fix some of their matchup problems that they had last week. You know, the offensive line uh, wasn't able to kind of bully Northwestern around like I think they will be able to with Kent State. I think Jack Cohn really struggled on hitting some of those tight windows against the zone that Northwestern was using. So I think it's just one of those things to kind of get back on track, get your confidence rolling because next week you got Michigan State coming into town and who knows how they'll look this weekend, but at the same time, they've got an elite defense. Yeah, it's kind of the similar spot to Central Michigan. Um, and, you know, it was the week before Michigan. This one's Kent State, a MAC team, the week before Michigan State. It's weird how similar these two spots are. Um, so it's going to be kind of something to look for is how well they come out and how crisp they look uh, early on. I think they'll want to obviously take care of business and get things rolling early and then get guys out of there. But I think it's just kind of a mark of a good team is is coming in and winning these games and taking care of business. Not every week is going to be a huge week. Uh, you got to pick your spots and obviously your schedule. Uh, in, in in college football, you're going to have two three games like this in, on most schedules. So I think the biggest thing will be just just a prep work for for next week and and see what you can implement and and see what you can do on offense and defense to to set you up for success uh, in that Michigan State game and obviously. That's kind of how they, they, they planned it against Central Michigan, and it worked out the following week against Michigan. So it'll be interesting to see if, if that same philosophy uh, comes to fruition on Saturday. But diving into the X and O's of it, is there anything that you're looking for on the Badgers' offensive side of the thing, or, or what would you like to see the Badgers uh, do on offense this week? I think the number one thing is to stay healthy. You know, anytime you're going against a lesser opponent you, you and having a big game next week, you don't want to have a, a fluke injury happen and you lose an offensive lineman or another tight end or a wide receiver, for example. And God forbid if it was Jonathan Taylor, but just staying healthy and then also hopefully get that passing attack back on track. You know, Jack Cohn admittedly didn't have his best game last week and he'll be the first one to acknowledge that. But I think, you know, getting back on track with his wide receivers, Kendrick Pryor has, didn't even have a catch last week. You know, they got to get the ball in his hands more. He's a big-time playmaker when the ball's in his hands. And it could be on even something like uh, an end-around or um, a screen pass off the or a, a swing route, just something to get the ball in his hands, get the ball into Quintez Sivas's hands more, just to, to try to get the, the passing uh, going again. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, when you look at this game, I think I think the passing game is going to be something where they have to focus on. Uh, I mean, Kent State ranks 130 of 130 in, in rush defense. So if you're Wisconsin, I would think you'd be able to run the ball anytime you want. And with relative ease, I know I was looking at the Auburn stats, too, from that game because it's kind of a similar team uh, in the run-heavy attack, and they ran for 467 yards on them. So I have no doubt that the Badgers could do that if they wanted to, but I think you also have to take advantage of this game and the fact that you're playing a, a lower-tier team, and if you want to get things on track, you, you might have to come out and pass it a lot like they did against Central Michigan. Uh, Kent State does have a decent pass defense, but they've they've played Kennesaw State and Polling Green, so I, I don't know how much you can really make up for that uh, and take that with, obviously, a grain of salt. 
I, I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit and uh, get Jack some confidence, like you said, because he, he just didn't have his best game last week, and you want him him fully confident going into Michigan State when you're going to take on a front and a defense like that. Speaking of defense, I mean, you know, the defense has played incredible. I mean, all season long, they've they've been the bright spot of this team, and I don't really expect anything different in this game. I know, you know, they they Kent State does run a spread look, so you're still going to get some some interesting looks that that might benefit you down the season. But what's uh, what's the biggest benefit that the defense can get from a game like this? I think the biggest thing is because they run that spread attack. If you're able to shut them down quickly they're off the field and Wisconsin can go back to bully ball and run the ball and make those nice throws but have really long time time of possession and keep the defense off the field I think the defense was on the field way too much last week I think it was like four straight possessions because of that I think it was the time when Dunn dropped that fumble and then there was the the touchdown that Burks had so it was like there was a streak of just kind of them on the field for way too long and trying to give them a little fresher legs before Michigan State comes to town would be huge. Uh, and it's also a time when you can get a lot of depth in there. You know, Wisconsin rotates a lot of defensive backs, and to get them in there, um, you know, this might be a game where with uh, Leo Chanel uh, kind of battling a head injury, maybe we'll see uh, the true freshman Muma John Meta out there playing at inside linebacker, get him one of his four games in there. So it's one of those things where you can build depth while also trying to keep everybody healthy. Yeah, that's what I had written down too. I mean, depth is going to be important down the season because the Badgers they've they've been relatively healthy, but they've still had some injury bugs early in the season. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing is getting guys in there and getting them out, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and and not so much getting key guys out, but working other guys in because you would hope that this game is is put away fairly early and you can work on some stuff uh, as the game goes on. And the other thing, I mean, like we said earlier, it's a spread attack, which Wisconsin hasn't always done the best with. Now, I'm not saying Kent State is at all Ohio State, but you're going to at least see some similar formations and, and principles. I mean, you look at Kent State's stats uh, with their quarterback, everything kind of runs through him, similar to what Ohio State does, where everything's going to run through Justin Fields. Obviously, you know, the Buckeyes are going to be a lot better and a lot more talented at, at every single position. You know, roster one through 85 is going to be better, but at least you'll see some schemes uh, that you can practice against because, you know, Wisconsin's had some struggles against that spread look where everything runs through the quarterback. So at least it'll give you a a marginal test as the Badgers roll into Big Ten play uh, next week. The defense has been solid, so you can't really expect uh, anything too much different. I think the biggest thing, I would say we we talked about getting the offense back on track, but I think the biggest thing is special teams. Is that, is that kind of what your your main thing that you're watching for in this game is, is how special teams comes out after an, an atrocious week uh, against Northwestern? Yeah, I would assume they, they really tried to focus in on that area of the team. You know, it just wasn't good enough. They gave away two, you could count three different possessions um, because of that face mask, because of the onside kick, as well as the Jack Dunn muffed punt. And that's the type of thing that'll just cost you a game. And it could just be one of those events happening. So I think cleaning that up is going to be a a big emphasis for uh, this week. And the Badgers need to do it. The kicking game will probably have their shots to, you know, put a couple through the uprights, which would be nice to see as well. And of course, the punting game. Anthony Lottie's been up and down 
but I, he is your guy. And hopefully uh, now that he's healthy this year, he can kind of start getting back on track as well. Yeah. I think that's going to be something that the Badgers really need to, to fix because like you said, if, it, one mistake can can kill you, especially in a game like a Michigan State or Ohio State, which is coming up. That you can't just you just can't have those mistakes. So if you can get it cleaned up against Kent State, it'll be it'll be huge for them going forward. And that's kind of the the main theme of of this entire game is is get things set and pre- prepared uh, to to work it in for the, for the upcoming schedule because after this, it's Big Ten play the whole way. And I know we've had two weeks of of that, the, you know, with Michigan and Northwestern, but now, now you start the gauntlet. You start that heavy, heavy schedule of Big Ten week, week after week. No, you know they already had a bye week, so there's not going to be a ton of breakup uh, in the schedule. So you're going to get into that that heavy conference play, which is what obviously we all want to see. And as we go forward, it'll be it'll be important. So it's Kent State. I, I don't really know if there's a lot more that we that we can really touch on with this game. We hope that the Badgers put it away handily, and we don't have have more to dive into, but we, we will do a final score prediction, uh, which we do every week on the Thursday show now that we've got this new schedule rolling. So, Matt, what are you thinking for a final score prediction against uh, against the Golden Flashes? I think the, the Badgers will put up some po- serious points. I would guess uh, something along the lines of like 48 to 10, for example. Um, I think the Badgers come out. They look a lot better than last week, uh, partly due to the competition. Um, but they're also able to get some of the the bench guys in and uh, roll them and maybe get some Nik- some Nikia Watson time in the second half. You know what? We're on the same wavelength because I have my score down as as 49 to 10. So hopefully we're both right and we don't have to worry about anything like that. But I expect, you know, the same thing, kind of clean it up, get guys in there, get guys out, get healthy. And obviously you've got uh you know the last time they had an extra week to prepare for Michigan you don't have that this time so it'll be important to get guys in there and and handle your business it's it's one of those weeks and while of course we want to preview and and do a ton of stuff uh, and give you guys all the info you need it's it's still Kent State and they're going to be in the lower 130s probably by year's end so we're not going to spend too much time uh, on the Badgers game but 49-10 for me 48-10 for Matt so there you guys go. You don't even have to watch the game. That's what's going to happen because we're <laughs> we're experts. <laughs> yeah, and we're and we're uh, and we're in total agreement. Exactly. That's almost scarier when we're when we're in total agreement. That who knows what's going to happen now that now that we, it looks so easy on paper, but we'll see. We're going to dive into some around the college football world, some college football landscape talk. But first, we're going to kick it over to a quick ad read. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, and it's time to dive into some college football talk. Obviously, there's not a lot to preview with Kent State, and we hope that win that game handily, so we wanted to get you guys some more content. So we're going to revisit uh, some college football talk from from around the country because we're going into week six, so it's essentially you know halfway point. 5-0 and for some teams. Some teams have had buys, but pretty much you're, you're, you're coming into the halfway point. So, Matt, which team around college football has, has been the biggest surprise for you so far, and which team has, has been the biggest disappointment? 
in terms of disappointment, I'm going to probably just go with the entirety of the Pac-12 already having a team, every team having at least one loss just basically negates them from the college football landscape in terms of the final four and in the playoff. I don't see any of those teams being able to rattle off uh, an undefeated rest of the season to get there and and to really have the resume to kind of hold up with a lot of the other teams struggling. Um, so I would, I'm just going to kind of blanket and just say the PAC 12 in general is the, is who has been a big letdown. Um, in terms of who's been a surprise, I, uh, I like what Wake Forest is doing. You know, they have, uh, some talent, they have some good receivers, good quarterback, uh, and are, and so far undefeated. Uh, another team that's undefeated, uh, is SMU, you know, they've, they've looked pretty good as well. Um, so a couple of those, uh, teams that weren't kind of expected to be in the top 25, but have popped their way in there have been huge. And then I'm also excited to see what Auburn and Florida do this weekend, because one of those teams is really going to put themselves in a shot or really give themselves a shot to um, make some noise towards the playoff as well. Yeah, I think I like that answer with the Pac-12. I mean, you, you've got some serious disappointment going in that conference. And like you said, I don't I don't see any of them making a run at the playoff. Maybe like a, uh, maybe Oregon could could get there if they if they won out. But overall, I don't really see that happening. And you know, their losses to only to to Auburn, but still, I don't think you're going to have enough on a resume. But I like the Wake Forest pick too. That was one I was thinking about. They're they're probably wouldn't you say the the second best team in in the ACC right now. Definitely up there. I'm interested to see when they actually get into some deeper conference play and have to take on Virginia, for example, because really the ACC is pretty light outside of Clemson. You know, they've got talent. They definitely do. And, you know, we'll see how they look in the the years to come because they're actually recruiting fairly well, too. Yeah, they're an interesting program for sure. I I like what they're doing, too. And and they've played really well. And Clemson, as as at least last week, looked looked beatable. Um, we'll see if that comes to play. I haven't looked at Wake Forest's schedule to see where that game is at between between those two, but uh, that'll be an interesting one as that conference plays out for sure. Um, for me, I think the surprise team I have down is Auburn. Uh, I expected them to be really good, but I don't know if I expected them to be top 10 good. Um, and as Bo Nix kind of continues to develop, I think this team could be, could be really scary. Um, so I have them down as my surprise team, kind of ex- exceeding expectations. Uh, in that regard. And, and my disappointment is kind of the teams like Purdue and Northwestern. I know they've had some injuries, but a lot of people expected them to be really good um, coming into the season and give some the, give the Big Ten West some depth. And overall, I just don't see it. I think Purdue is going to have a really rough stretch the rest of the rest of the year. So that's who I have down as, as some disappointments that way. Speaking of the Big Ten, we are six weeks into it. I believe we both had Ohio State and Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. But has your Big Ten predictions or or outlook uh, in, the, in the conference title game changed at all? And, and if you could go back and do it, would you change who you picked? Or are you sticking with uh, your, your preseason? Uh, I'm feeling better about my picks. I know I had actually hedged a little bit and did Wisconsin or Nebraska saying that they would probably tie, but that I figured Wisconsin would get the edge. Um, I think I still think Wisconsin will take down Nebraska and I actually feel better about that after watching Ohio state just, you know, run through them. Um, but I actually 
think Nebraska will probably lose now four games instead of the two or three that I figured they might during my initial prediction. So I'm feeling better about the Badgers and less so about Nebraska um, when I had them both kind of there. And Nebraska was mostly based off schedule. Right. Yeah, they had they had a pretty light look of it. And, you know, they look you could definitely see the path for Nebraska if they were the team that everyone was was hyping up in the beginning of the season. But they're just they're just not that team yet. And we, we've yet to see it. And I think Ohio State really, really showed a lot of people that, OK, this Nebraska team is still not where it not where it's going to be or wants to be going forward. But I'm kind of in the same boat. I had OSU in Wisconsin and I, I didn't really. uh change from that or I've never really wavered from that I think I'm I feel even better about it now I I, because we've seen what Michigan is I don't think they're the team uh, that anyone thought they were coming into the season and I thought Wisconsin would win the West so right now I mean these two teams have have been the the leaders and wins for the conference for the last decade so it's not really that surprising I, I could see maybe a Penn State they're starting to look like they are getting some momentum I know they they killed Maryland and the score was a little bit higher than what the the game played out, but they could be a team uh, that maybe maybe changes the picture. But right now, I don't see anyone stopping Ohio State at all. Yeah, no, they've looked they've looked really dominant. I think uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Badgers perform against them on the road. Uh, Ohio State will it'll be up they'll be up for that game. And you know, I'm hoping if Wisconsin can keep that one close and or and or win it. Um, That'll give them a lot of momentum and a lot of kudos from the committee and giving them a shot to actually be in the in contention if they were to make it to the um, Big Ten Championship to have a shot at uh, one of those top four spots or at least talked about it. Yeah, that game's going to be huge, especially if Wisconsin can take care of business with Kent State. And then if you beat Michigan State, you've got Illinois, which you should win. Obviously, no games guarantee in the in the Big Ten, but... That would be a huge game for them as they as they get going and uh, obviously get into the college football playoff discussion. Speaking of the college football playoff discussion, obviously every week, every media outlet talks about the top four. As we're halfway, Matt, where have you changed or, or what are your top four teams that you would have if the playoff was tomorrow? What four teams are you putting in there at this halfway point? I think uh, if I remember back when we were doing our roundtable of preseason stuff, I think I had picked Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Ohio State. I know I picked Ohio State in there. As of right now, I think that's probably the safest bet. I actually think Alabama is the best team. Ohio State's been playing like the second best team in my book. I mean, you could even argue that Ohio State's looked even better. Um, And then I think Clemson's going to cakewalk their way into uh, the playoff. I just don't see anybody taking them down twice. I don't see it. Um, but then you have a, a big cluster of teams kind of vying for that that fourth spot in my book between Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU, Auburn, and Wisconsin. I don't think Florida's for real. I don't think they necessarily have the talent, especially on the offensive line or, or on offense now that Felipe Franks is down. So I'm I'm interested to see kind of where that middle group kind of slugs their way and if anybody is able to um, be that second team out of the SEC, or does Oklahoma or Wisconsin, for that matter, uh, slide in there? Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, I, I kind of am in the same boat with you. I actually have, I've got Alabama one. Right now, I, I would have Ohio State probably two. I know they've had a, a lighter schedule to start, but they still just went on the road and demolished Nebraska, and they've looked unstoppable. So I have them at two. 
Um, and then I have Clemson in there. I don't really like what I've seen from the the Tigers yet this year, but you have to imagine that they're going to get some things fixed. And as this ACC light schedule, I just, like you said, you, I don't see anyone knocking them off twice. And if they're there with one loss, they're going to get that benefit of the doubt to be in. So right now, I think you have to have them in. And then that fourth spot for me is is a toss-up between between an Oklahoma or an LSU. I, I I think Georgia has the more impressive win, so they'd probably get it if you were if you had the playoff tomorrow, they'd probably be in there. But LSU and Oklahoma have looked dominating on offense. Jalen Hurts looks like he's on a mission, um, and I continue to pray for uh, that Alabama Oklahoma playoff matchup. I think that would be uh, the the ideal scenario uh, for <laughs> for college football fans who want to see just a revenge type game to see Jalen Hurts going up against Tua and his former teams. That's what I have for my top four. But obviously that'll change as we as we get going down the season. Upsets will happen. Teams will start to get knocked off. And the four teams that are in there in, in week six are probably not going to be there at, at the end of the season. That's just how college football works. Going back to the short term and the short window, Matt, which game are you excited, uh, most excited about uh, this weekend? Uh, I am excited for the Michigan-Iowa game, um, but because that's going to be going on simultaneous with the Badger game, and I'm just not going to be able to catch that one as much. So I'll I'll go with the Auburn-Florida game because I actually think Auburn could blow this one out. You know, I think because it's at the swamp, it might it'll be close, and I think. Florida has a chance to win that game, but I really think Auburn has the horses, especially on defense, to make that game really tough. Florida's offensive line has struggled, and Auburn has a super good front seven. So it'll be uh, cool to see kind of how that dichotomy plays out and see who can take advantage of each other's strengths, especially with uh, a young quarterback on each end um, who are inexperienced and see kind of how they – relate and how they uh outplay one another yeah i i like that game too i think auburn and florida's obviously on papers the top matchup to see but like you said i think auburn is gonna is gonna handle their business i don't know if a lot of people are really buying into florida right now but obviously they've got a a top 10 team at home where they can prove a lot of people wrong in that uh for right now i would say i'm probably most excited for the iowa michigan game i think that game's huge uh, for Big Ten implications, if obviously if Iowa wins, they keep pace with Wisconsin uh, in the in the Big Ten race, and then if if Michigan wins, they get a a huge top fifteen win to try and get their schedule and their uh, record back on track as they were and try to get back to the playoff. They've got to you know basically win out to get there. So I think Michigan is really uh, getting ready for this game and will be well prepared. And I think it's just going to be your classic eleven o'clock Big Ten Smash Mouth matchup. I already put in a bet on the under on this game. I think it's going to be just a, a beautiful display of, of running the football and, and tackling uh, that way. And it's just going to be your classic 11 o'clock Big Ten. And then sneakily, I think uh, Cal-Oregon could be a good game. Uh, Oregon's at home off of a bye, so they, it might not be as close as people think. But uh, I think it'll be interesting. So it'll, it's a good uh, overall slate uh, of college football that way. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I think that Michigan-Iowa game, as a Badger fan, people should be should be rooting for Michigan. You want you want Michigan to to win out. You want them to look really good this year, and you want them to beat teams who are in the West Division because you never know with Iowa. Iowa was able to uh, beat Wisconsin when Wisconsin was at home in that Joel Stave uh, fall over, Ugh. Ugh, just like. <laughs> 
nightmare, sort of like the Brewers had last night. But uh. it's it's kind of it's one of those things where, as a Wisconsin sports fan, you just never know what can happen, and so you want uh, all the help you can get. And Michigan from here out is helping Wisconsin no matter what. Yeah, I was kind of kicking around that today. I was like, I don't know who to root for in that game because obviously, if if Iowa gets it, it's a it's a big win for them, and it sets up if Wisconsin beats Iowa later in the season as a good win. But at the same time, you want you want your win, you, the win you've already got in pocket uh, with Michigan to look better. And if they beat in a, a good Iowa team, it'll it'll obviously boost Wisconsin's record. So it's, it'll be an interesting matchup for for Badger fans in that way too. It'll be something to keep an eye on as as the game and the, the Saturday slate rolls along. And I think either way, you're probably in a win-win situation. But it, that's certainly a good point uh, from a Badger fan perspective. So that's all we have for football talk. Obviously, we talked. Kent State, and we talked uh, college football landscape, uh, but now we're going to get into uh, some college basketball talk, but before we do that, we're going to kick it to one quick ad read, and then we'll get into uh, Matt's trip down to Big Den Media Days. Okay, let's talk some hoops. Matt was down in Chicago, Rosemont, uh, for the uh, Big Ten Media Days, which is a-, a lot of fun. I was down there for the football one, and I think it's a really cool experience. So, Matt, how was your trip down there? What did you find, and what did you like about it? Yeah, it was great. You know, the the Hilton does a great job in terms of putting it on. You know, it was it was a good time. There wasn't actually a lot of uh, Wisconsin media there, um, just the, just three of us. So you know, it gave us a little more time to actually speak with the players. Um, not so much with Greg Guard. You know, he was hounded by a lot of the national and conference media, but the players that we got, you know be able to have one-on-one time just to talk with them about the upcoming season and kind of their off seasons. So it was, it was a good experience and it was uh, good to kind of catch up. And, you know, it's, it's weird that basketball is starting this early when games don't start for about a month. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. It's basketball season's kind of sneaking up on me and I think it'll be a good season and it'll be, it's fun. And obviously I'm sure every coach sounded confident in their program and in the direction because, like you said, it's still a month away, and they've still got a lot to work through, and and they're not going to say I'm I don't like my team. But was there any certain coach that sounded you know really confident in the direction of the program or the team that they have this year? Uh, if if I had to pick one guy, I mean there was a couple different guys. Uh, I'll start with that that all sounded um, pretty confident and liked at least the direction of their program. You know, um, Rutgers coach Steve uh, Pickiel, um, Pat Chambers at Penn State. Um, all sounded good. I mean, obviously Tom Izzo has to feel very comfortable with the team he's got. He's got uh, Cassius Winston, who was unanimous, unanimously the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. And then they have uh, another guy or another two guys who are kind of in contention to be on that preseason watch list. Um, and then uh, Jawan Howard at Michigan, you know, he has just a presence about him. He was he was probably one of the better guys uh, up at the mic. It kind of buzzed when he entered the room. Um, partly because he's a Chicago guy, but also just because of the the way he kind of commands attention. But the guy who seemed uh, the most confident was Pat Chambers of Penn State. You know, he was talking about how much depth they have this year and how he really likes this team. And, uh, you know, they have Lamar Stevens, who is who is a very talented uh, player, very versatile, can bring a lot to the table. And so he, he really likes the depth they have, a lot of guys returning. Uh, and he's wanting to make a, a run to the in not only the Big Ten tournament, but in the NCAA tournament. And he felt like they could do it. Very interesting. Yeah, I kind of forgot about the Jawan Howard, uh, John Beeline switch. So that'll be interesting to see how Michigan plays out. And I'm sure he's pretty confident in their program. But 
Penn State was not the answer I was expecting. So that'll be interesting to see how they come out because obviously they've had their struggles in the past in terms of Big Ten basketball. So if they could turn around and put together a good season, it would obviously be huge for the confidence um, of the of the Big Ten and you know, the conference as a whole. Uh, but going into kind of what Wisconsin was messaging and, and what came from Greg Gard, what was kind of the main talking points or main things that the Greg Gard hit on in his time uh, that you may have got with him or when he was up at the podium? Uh, you know, obviously a lot of people were asking about Howard Moore and his recovery and kind of the tragedy and and how uh, that has affected the team. You know, and the team, all three guys, uh, Brevin Pritzel, Dimitri Trice, and Greg Gard, all really talked about how it's brought them together, how it's they've really you know, became a cohesive unit that they've really had to, and that they feel like, um, it'll, it'll pay dividends on the basketball court, but it's, it's made life off the court a lot harder for all of them. Um, and, but that they're there for each other and they're really working at that. Um, they also talked a lot about the offense, how it was just going to be a different type of offense. That'll be kind of back to how the Badgers looked when, they didn't have Ethan Happ and Khalil Iverson on the court. You know, both those guys had their moments and had, uh, you know, and with Ethan Happ had a lot of moments um, where they were dominant and they made a lot of great plays for the the Badger program, but they also had their limitations uh, on the free throw line and in shooting the basketball. Wisconsin returns uh, a lot of guys who can shoot the rock and they can spread the, the court and really take the ball to the rim. Uh, and and hit the outside shot. Uh, you know the expanded three point line. They've been working on that a lot. Um, they have Micah Potter who can who can shoot the three, and he's that big bodied power forward type. Um, so one through five, they're going to have the ability to shoot the ball from anywhere along the court. And I think that spacing will really benefit uh, the offense. Absolutely, that'll be an interesting thing to see how that team plays out because obviously a change in offense is something that. I think we've seen from both the football program and kind of thought we needed from the basketball program after last year. So it'll be interesting to see how they implement that new stuff. Obviously, with Hap gone and with Khalil Iverson gone, the attention kind of turns to Dimitri Trice as kind of the leader, probably the most talented on the team. How do you feel that he's developed or did he say anything uh, to you that that made you excited about what he can bring uh, in 2019? You know, he he, ta- he talked uh, about about his game and kind of trying to be a leader, about also working on taking the ball to the rim. You know, a lot of times with Happ and Iverson, they weren't able to take the ball to that to the rim, and instead he had to settle for the mid-range jump shot. You know, or Brad Davison had to do that. So they have a chance now to kind of take the ball to the rim, and he really worked on that. You know, uh, he has he has hops, he can dunk. He just hasn't had the opportunity to necessarily do that all the time. Um, but I, he, he actually brought up a couple different names in Aleem Ford and Kobe King as guys who real, whose development really uh, popped out to him. And that was the same thing that Brevin Pritzel said. It was the exact same thing that Greg Gard said. So, I mean, the two of them, you know, coming along really well. Aleem Ford, you know, struggled with an injury last year. Kobe King coming off an injury. So the two of them kind of reshaped their bodies and had some physical maturation. And if they can do that, you know, that, that really – it expands the lineup and really gives them a lot of weapons uh, and it should really help help them as a team. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new faces, I guess, faces that we're familiar with and, and fans are familiar with, but maybe national people aren't familiar with that will have to emerge and have a big season. So that's all I've got uh, on the basketball stuff. Obviously, we're going to put in uh, the audio. Matt got some interview time with Demetric Trice. 
we're going to put that in after this, but we're going to wrap up here and then we'll have that uh, uh, to close out the podcast. And obviously we'll be back next week uh, to recap the Kent State game on Tuesday. And then we'll have a uh, preview for Michigan State next Thursday and where we have a a guest coming on uh, from the Michigan State blog uh, to go over that stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe and uh, enjoy the Demetric Trice interview, and we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday on Wisconsin. Pepper with questions now, I'm sure. Um, uh, how do you think this offseason has kind of helped you guys, and you in particular? Um, as, uh, personally, um, I think that this offseason has been huge um, just for my development as a player and as a leader on this team. Um, I think that uh, getting back home with my family and my older brother and my uh, trainers is just um, helped me immensely, and I think that my game has taken that next level and that next jump that it needs to take to be um, a big contender and one of the best point guards in the country. So, um, as far as team-wise, this summer was really, really good. Um, in a long, it, it's been the best summer that we've had in a long time, and I think that uh, this team is really um, together and we're cohesive. And I think that that just uh, plays a major part in what happens on the floor. Perfect. Um, is there a specific area of your game that you really try to pinpoint? focusing on uh, definitely just getting to the rim um, that was the biggest thing for for me is getting my getting two feet in the paint and it doesn't always have to be the score but to find some other some other players and uh, just working on my body to be able to be comfortable to get into the paint awesome um, have there any uh, changes this offseason in terms of maybe approach or preparation for the team um, yeah um, obviously this past summer we had a tragic incident with coach Moore um, and we kind of just used that as fuel to the fire um, we know we're playing for something bigger than ourselves and this team has really bought into that and I think that um, the motto earn the jersey that coach guard has made up for us um, really really buys into that and um, going out there and working competing every day for everything because every, nothing's guaranteed yeah, and are you guys kind of looking at it as like a way to dedicate it and really play this out for Howard and his family and, you know, and everything? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's bigger than us. It's bigger than a team, bigger than one person. And just to have something like that happen to somebody that's so close to us and on the coaching staff um, is devastating. And I think that, yeah, the only the right thing to do is to dedicate the season to him. Yeah, that's very cool. Um what about uh, Alondo Tucker, kind of jumping in, kind of helping back? And, um, what's he been like having on staff? He's been awesome. Um, he's been exactly what this team needs, and I think the coaches did a great job of picking the right person for this uh, position and job. And he just brings such a great energy and great vibe to the game and being in practice. and. Um, just being, he's pretty much like one of the guys. He hangs out with us in the locker room and talks to us and gets us things when we need them. But other than that, obviously, he's been a pro. He's a great player. He played at Wisconsin and was really good. So um, just he got has a lot of knowledge, and that's just great. Awesome. Um, you know, a couple newcomers. You know, you got Tyler, you got Micah. Um, what does Tyler bring to the table? Yeah. Um, and I think anybody on our team will tell you this. Is Tyler is just a big hustle guy. Um, he doesn't try to do anything too fancy too out of the ordinary knockdown shots really good in the post and I think that he just hustles he's just one of those guys that will dive on loose balls and take charges and um, I know other teams are kind of tired of Wisconsin players <laughs> taking charges and whatnot but we just added another one yeah, yeah. Um, and then Micah what, what, what could he bring to the table as well yeah Micah obviously yeah. has the experience um, with playing in playing at Ohio State uh, for a couple years and so he's played in the Big Ten and, um, so not only experience but his physical um, attributes that he has um, he's a big, strong, uh, 
Um, I almost said guard and wing, but um, post. Yeah. And he can stretch the floor for us. Um, so he, not only can he shoot it or whatnot, but he can play back to the basket. Uh, any other players that have kind of jumped out about kind of growth that they've taken yeah. in the offseason? Um, Aline Ford and Kobe King, okay. definitely. Um, taking major jumps, major leaps um, this offseason and working on their bodies, their athleticism, um, their confidence. Um, and it's shown in practice that they've just taken major steps in the right direction to be a more versatile player. Awesome. That'll probably have a huge impact on the team. Um, you know, speaking of Aleem, obviously two of you came together um, from high school. Um, you know, your roommates now. Um, how does that bond off the court kind of help you guys on the court? Yeah, so he's, he's like my brother, obviously. Yeah. And um, we pretty much can tell each other anything. And we've had our fallings out like any brother has. And we've gotten into it and things like that. But you, you know it's all love. So... Um, just having that bond off the court to where we can tell each other anything and we know that it's not me getting on to you for whatever reason because we want the best for each other. So um, that bond off the court definitely correlates with being on the court together. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, I saw trying to get the egg challenge trending. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, how did that start? And is that kind of something he does every time when he's cooking eggs? Honestly, no. He randomly, I, like, looked at him and he was, like, cooking eggs or whatnot. So I was, like, throw it on the ceiling and crack it in the kitchen too. So he did it and I was, like, like, hold on, that actually worked. So, yeah, I just told him to do it, and I'll, re I'll record him. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, first time, worked perfect? Yeah, that was the, that was the first time and the second, second time. time. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, how do you feel the offense may be different now with Ethan obviously moving on and obviously Khalil um, yeah, and Charlie? Definitely. Um, I think, obviously, Ethan was a great player, and he had so much attention put on him. I think that um, that will open up opportunities for other people to either receive some of that spotlight to where um, teams have to key on on different aspects. But there, I don't think there's one player on this team that teams know they have to shut down. I think that we're, we're going to share the ball a lot more. We're going to play a little bit more open. There's not one person that can play just straight back to the basket the whole game where we can spread the floor five out sometimes and push it in transition a little bit more. So. Awesome. Um, what are your thoughts on the new three-point line change? Uh, you know, I'm, obviously you've been working on with it, and yep, your yep. teammates have been. Um, but what are your thoughts on it? Uh, the first week was tough. I'm not gonna lie, it was a little different getting adjusted to moving it back just even a foot or whatever it was. Um, but now that we're accustomed to it, um, honestly, it's, it hasn't been any different for us shooting on it. Um, I think as far as the season goes along, I think numbers might go down a little bit as far as percentage-wise, um, as legs get tired and things, the season drags on. But um, I honestly like the change, um, for especially as a shooter and somebody that shoots it from deep. I, I like the change. Okay. Um, and then what's your favorite thing about playing for Coach Guard? Um, Coach Guard's so understanding. Um, he's a down-to-earth guy. He... Um, loves to interact with us. He takes us out to his house. He, he's always checking in on us. And um, I think that's one of the great attributes that he has is um, being able to connect to us on another level other than basketball. Cool. Now, last thing, um, you know, you guys are picked right now by the media for sixth in the Big Ten. You know, I'm sure you guys just kind of shrugged that off. Yeah. But um, do you kind of relish being in that underdog role? Definitely. I think for myself personally, um, and my family, we've been doubted our whole life, um, not big enough, not strong enough, fast enough to be a guard in the Big Ten, um, and just coming out here and proving that we belong. Um, so I think that has uh, been installed in 
to these players and these coaches, and I think that we don't listen to what the outside world has to say. We know what we have, and we know we have the right pieces to do something big, and we just stick with that. Appreciate it, man. Thank you.